0: This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast powered by Awana. I'm Ross. Uh, I'm glad you're here. You know who you are. Uh, today, you've picked a fantastic episode because I think this is the first time I've had not only a father-daughter, but multiple ministries. I would say uh, I'm going to just use the word icon. I'll let the two of you decide which one I'm speaking to when I describe <laughs> that. Uh, no, um, look, I'm just really <laughs> excited to welcome both Pastor Jim Wideman and yancey to uh the podcast welcome to both of you thank you for being here
1: so good thanks to be here, for, Ross.
2: thanks for having us
0: yancey just can you <laughs> for someone who hasn't necessarily heard you or isn't following uh-huh. you on social media can you just help folks understand the sort of context and scope of your ministry because i do think you've carved out a pretty unique spot for you for yourself in the kingdom
2: sure i am a singer songwriter artist worship leader that is focused on music for kids and families. And so I have been making music for the past 24 years, but I have been focused on the kids and family space here since 2008. And I'm blessed to get to create a lot of songs and videos that churches use in their uh, children's ministry programs, as well as get to travel and do family concerts and lead worship at BBSs and camps and various events. So um, worship is a a huge part of my focus in my ministry and just, um, both doing that firsthand, you know, towards families, but also equipping the church to be able to have the tools they need to go in and lead worship. Well,
0: what I'm hoping for in these conversations is an ability to talk about discipleship and all that goes into that and how worship plays into that. And this idea of spiritual formation. Now, when I say the word spiritual formation, I think some people are listening. Go, that's some new woo woo stuff. Some new age stuff. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's biblical. So, both of you as experts in the field, Jim, let's let, we'll just we'll we'll start with Nancy. How do you begin to define worship and spiritual formation? Is there a difference? What does that look like for you as someone who quite literally does this every day and every weekend?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, worship ultimately is a uh, I mean, it's a verb, it's an action. Um, but I think in the context of church world and ministry, uh, worship is a tool that we have under that giant umbrella of discipleship. So Mm -hmm. it's something that we can use to help a kid, um, help a child, get a taste of who God is, you know, help them taste and see that he is good. And by singing songs that help them encounter his presence and experience who he is, we are able to give them that taste. And, and one of my big goals in, in worship and being intentional about helping children uh, start learning just from the weekend, week out repetition of going to church, going in class, having a time of worship, My hope and prayer is that they'll realize that worship is an avenue. It's a pathway that they have to experiencing Mm. God's presence. And so when they're going through something in life, I want it to teach them that, hey, one of the ways I can experience God's presence, one of the ways I can approach God and talk to him about this thing that's going on in my life, whatever weight it might be, you know, um, the way I can seek him out is by praising him and worshiping yeah. him. And so that's kind of my big goal is just to help kids learn how to run to the father and everything they face.
0: I love that. Now, Jim, I want to turn to you here because, uh, I think in particular that word spiritual formation, um, people have this idea of what worship is. I want to talk to both of you about yeah. how sometimes yeah. that's a they may even have a misconception of what worship is. But for now, right. for spiritual formation, how do you, how have you seen that play out? You are someone who was doing kid men and child discipleship before it was cool. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say. Uh, in yeah. my twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, halfway through the sixties and looking forward to the seventies, <laughs> I did tell my pastor the other day in my nineties, I'm going part time. And so just oh, that's <laughs> And so I just went ahead and gave him a, you know, about a twenty-year head start on that, and yeah. uh, that I am planning on working going to three days um, in my nineties. It's good to know where your limits uh, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, it's kind of good. We, we were talking beforehand. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to uh, go and make leaders, but it says go and make disciples, and mm-hmm. the first. Uh, the first institution that was created even before the church was the home. And parents uh, were the first one that were given this task of spiritual formation or discipleship of their kids. So when we look at Deuteronomy 6, it's uh, not just a, a verse that all the family ministry folks, uh, you know, want to talk about and do. It's actually God's very first discipleship program. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, it was aimed at parents, but grandparents were there in that scripture uh, that whole idea of your children's children's mention. There's aunts and uncles and extended family. And, um, you know, it's more than just physical care, it's spiritual care as well. And so, this whole idea. Uh, you know, I don't know why parents want better for their children in every area except spiritual things. And when it mm. comes to spiritual things, we'll settle for just as spiritual as mom and dad are just not bad. And I believe with all my heart that um, I wanted best for my kid. And I cared not only about the kids in my ministry, but the kids at my house.
0: There's a bunch that stands out to me about that. But, and I, we may have even talked about this last time you we were on Jim, but In the context of y'all's homes, because uh, this might be a crass way to say it, but you guys have done the thing, right? We talk about resilient child discipleship here. Jim, you are a you are a disciple that made disciples, who's now making disciples. You know, Yancy, you were the greatest sermon. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How do you? I guess I want to go right to that tension for both of you, because both of you are in different ministry contexts. How do you? Uh, manage that tension. It's not a problem to solve. It's a tension to manage of the discipleship of your own kids and what that looks like and the ways to lean into the unique ways that God made them while also trying to do that for broader communities and regions and all around uh, the world. Like you guys do.
2: Good
1: question. You know, it all starts with time and everything to me. Uh, uh, You know, Batman, had a lot of different things on a utility belt. Um, uh, Yes, in the 60s, we saw the shark spray. Uh, He didn't really use it in very many episodes. But that one episode, he had to pull from the back. But the one thing that Batman kind of goes to on a regular basis is the battery. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, that whole wrestle of how I spend my time, uh, I am married to my family. Uh, and date my church, I am mm-hmm. not married to my church and date my family. And so um, one of the things that uh, when people ask Yancey, what are the things dad and mom did that are good? Dad devoted a lot of time. And now with her kids, it dawned on me there's a reason why there's four grandparents and only two parents. And it's because parents need a lot of support. And uh, uh, it's one of those things that when um, Yancey uh, brought our first grandchild into the world, I looked at her mom and said, whatever uh, Yancey needs you to do in keeping and supporting her um, with this child, say yes. And um, we have been very determined. That, um, like when her boys come over, the very first thing we do is pray. Um, yeah. I wanted to be known as a praying grandpa. Um, just like I taught Yancey and her sister, um, when you start mate selection, you start the evening with prayer, you end the evening with prayer, and you're more uh intentional about what you do between the two prayers. Yeah. And so, when the grandboys come over, I just say a prayer. It's not a formal thing. I just grab them, kiss them, ask God to bless them, use our time. I thank thank him for that time. I want them to, uh, and what it's done is when they have things they want me to pray about, uh, they know that's just part of what we do. And mm. so it's one of those things that I'm intentional in that. Um, you know, I've said before, and we probably talked about this last time, you can wrap up every. Um, Jewish holiday and feast day. And remember what the Lord did and teach it to your children. And as grandparents, we have even more that God story of Mm. passing that on to our kids.
2: Yeah, I'll add to that, too. I mean, we know that there's power in our testimony. You know, Mm -hmm. if we were talking about that Related to a different subject, we would all be signing up saying like 100%. I believe that's true. There's power in our testimony and just the things that you've walked through in life to share those with other to others to help them know and trust God in some of the same ways. But um, the same is true within our family and actually Psalm one forty five four. It says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let, let them proclaim your power. And mm. we as parents are supposed to be passing on to our kids the ways that God has been faithful, the ways that yes. God has been worthy of our trust, the things that God has asked us to do. And just literally like a week or so ago, just a little over a week ago, my son came to me one day and he was just like, hey, mom, I, I was... Praying last night before I went to sleep, and really felt like God had told me to do something. And He was like, "I don't want to forget about it, so I'm telling you right now, so you can help me be obedient to it." And it was it was so cool just to. um, We were actually heading out of town, so I can understand why He was concerned (laughs) that He was going to forget to do the thing. (laughs) And so when we hopped in the car, it was so great just to encourage him and say, you know, number one, I'm so proud of you for hearing God's voice and for responding to it and caring enough to be like, this is important. Like, I can't forget this. So I need you to help me, but.
1: We've never been a devotional family. Okay. We've kind of been, um, uh, take every opportunity and look for teachable moments to pass on those God stories. And even with them telling us, then uh, me and my wife are able to talk about our obedience stories and just throw keep throwing those things in, where um uh, we're able to just um, really um, you know hone in on uh, it pays to obey and, uh, <laughs> yeah I think,
0: well, and you know both of you wind up speaking to something I alluded to earlier, which is that you know spiritual formation can sometimes feel like this kind of woo-woo thing, and both of you stress the ways in which it happens yeah. driving in the car with your kids. It happens yeah. when handing the kids off to grandparents uh, for a day, night or for a weekend or a week, right? Like those are the right. things yeah. that spiritual formation actually looks like. And I hope that that encourages folks who are listening who desire yeah. that for their their own kids, their community yeah, to know that you already know how to do this. I want to bring it back,
1: bringing it oh, back yeah. to Deuteronomy 6 in the morning, at night, when yes. you go somewhere and when you're at the house. And I think the problem is uh, when we're at the house, we don't ever turn off all the gadgets and the boxes <laughs> and all the things that talk and the voices. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, the whole idea that while we partner with parents at church is because parents have more time than the church does. Yeah. And uh, that whole concept, um, we realize that um, we, we have more time as a family uh, with our kids. Although we all go to the same church and many times, uh, you know, I, I get my grandpa kisses in on Sunday morning <laughs> yeah. in between or after classes, but at the same time, yeah. uh, you know, we take advantage of the time we have at home.
0: And it's, you guys are a beautiful testimony in not only uh, how it works, but why it works, right? Both of you are leading fruitful ministries because of the investment you've made in your own uh, families, your own context. I want to lean into your ministries here next because, and then I want to talk about your books because both of you are writing books, which really, I mean, the family that ministers together stays together, but the family that both writes books at the same time, I don't know if it's a thing for anyone. Uh, I think when people hear, perhaps you two speak, one of the more common responses is probably something to the effect of, I love what you're saying but my kids worship time my kids large group time feels really stale i can't get the kids into it or uh it doesn't feel super spirit led or i don't like the sound of my own voice singing right mm-hmm. i'm yancy i'm sure you've heard a lot of these more practical excuses every day that you um, are in your ministry but yeah how do you begin to change a culture in the context of worship. Because I think part of the reason why that exists is because of how adults approach their own worship. Mm -hmm. How do you begin to change the culture and get folks to see the power that both of you have experienced in being in a room with children who are radically pursuing and worshiping and being formed by Jesus? Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Were you at the Child Discipleship Forum? If you missed it, I want you to go to childdiscipleshipsimulcast.com right now. There you're gonna see information about how to access content from the forum in a video on demand format so that you can quickly access the speakers that will resonate the most with your ministry context. The last thing any of us at Awana would want is for the conversations that started at the forum to end at the forum, continue the conversation at childdiscipleshipsimulcast.com. dot com.
2: I think in in a context where there's a there's a long history of a lot of elements that are not working together to advance what you're doing i i would like to liken it to it's kind of like your flower bed in your front yard you know i don't i don't know about you but increasingly over the past few years i've had more and more weeds that are starting to grow you know and this and so when when we're maybe doing some right things, but not always doing them in the right context or with maybe all the information that should be given along with doing some of those things. You know, maybe it's some bad song choices. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ingredients as to what goes wrong, but it's, it's kind of like your flower bed. And so like, we would all love to just, you know, come through spray one big chemical and yeah. just, you know, one, one Saturday morning of work and my flower bed looks amazing forever. Yeah. That's not how it works, right? We have to Mm -hmm. get our hands in there. And yes, you are going to do some spraying to kill off some things, but you're going to have to deroot certain things. You're going to have to get in there and completely remove that wrong thing. That's not supposed to be there at times. You're going to add some new fresh ground even you know you're going to fertilize it you're going to maybe feed certain plants you're going to water it it's going to take some time it's going to take you nurturing it to see it grow and so the same is true in this context of worship like you're going to have to undo certain things but that process as well as you gaining a vision for it and you just understanding like this is a goal we want to have in our ministry we want to be intentional in this time to not just do songs that take up time and space in our service but to realize that these songs help kids experience the character of God and the presence of God. And so I want to be intentional about the songs that I'm putting in. I want to be intentional about what this type of song might do, yeah. but as well, bringing information and teaching. I think, I think so much of it comes down to is we're just like, it's time to sing, but we're never for the most part explaining why singing to God is important or why our action here is important. And so, you know, teaching kids through scripture, teaching kids through our own testimony, again, teaching kids week by week, you know, like I get, you're not going to have a 30 minute worship sermon every single week. Like, but you know what? you can be intentional to bring something to the table before one of the songs that you do every single week that I say, give them something about the what, why, where, when, and how of worship. So address one of those things and week after week, after week, after week, you're slowly building in them knowledge and understanding to inspire them to take part in what it is that you're doing.
0: Yeah. That's, I think it's really critical because I think folks, often feel the pressure of like, this isn't working. So I need to need to change it right away Mm -hmm. and to tie it back to some of the bigger themes you're talking about. It makes sense. that It takes time. Jim, I'm curious, same question for you, especially because you've seen the evolution of this work play out in real time in your career.
1: Well, we have a helper and uh, so many times we're so busy looking for volunteers or external things or this one action song or this fun thing we can do when really we just need to ask our helper to help us, uh, lift up Jesus and get in the presence of God as Yancey talked about. And, um, uh, I just want to, I want kids to come face to face with a living God who loves them and cares for them and learning how to be in his presence. Uh, Jesus can do more, um, around an altar in 30 seconds than we can do in a month of Sundays. And it's one of those things that, uh, concentrating on, um, making, uh, lifting up Jesus, pointing to him, uh, making, you know, you can't live what you don't understand. Mm. And you can't remember, uh, what's, what is not visual when, and, and, and so it's one of those things that, uh, presenting the word, helping kids to experience the presence of God. Uh, we have a, uh, little theme in our church that, uh, there's no junior Holy spirit. And, uh, just like is talking about training kids for a lifetime of being an adult worshiper, uh, we're training them, uh, to be uh, deeply in love with Jesus for the rest of their life and that whole uh, disciple who can make disciples. And uh, so uh, it's one of those things that if, if everybody listening would just look at next week's lesson, the minute they get home from church this Sunday and ask Holy spirit, help me to make this real to the kids Mm. And, and understand this one point in, and this one scripture. Uh, and then let their helper just teach that lesson and show them, like Angie said, don't just pick a song, uh, look at uh, something that will um, under, or, or will underline a point that you want to make. Yeah, uh, if you're talking about the faithfulness of God, uh, sing something about His faithfulness, His goodness, uh, of how we can depend on Him, and um, you know, I judge a good worship set by how many days in the next week I sing it, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things that whether it be in children's service or in the main service, um, you know, a good set has me still singing, and when I uh, I'll be walking by a few guitars on my way back downstairs. I'll pick up one and sing something we did on Sunday, yeah. uh, usually, and, and just unto the Lord. And so it's, it's that whole intentionality. And I think children's workers are so busy with the ministry to children, they don't focus on the discipleship
0: yeah.
1: of children, which is their calling and mission.
0: Well yeah. said.
2: Uh, I'll add to that too. Music has memory. Music has sticking power. And so it, it literally is a tool that you have in your ministry to help those kids remember what that lesson was about, what that memory verse is that you want them, because we can all think of songs that we haven't studied or, you know, had as part of our daily playlist in years, but you're in a random store or something crosses your mind and you're, you have, you know, your memory is queued up to that song and you can start singing it, even though you might not have listened to it, you know, yeah. in 20 years. And so I think the same is true in your ministry context as well. The things that you're teaching your kids now, Mm. tied to music has sticking power two decades now down the road where one day you have an adult that's going through something. And I believe that song comes to their mind and they remember something you taught them out of God's word, or they remember a leader Mm -hmm. that invested time and energy into building a relationship with them. And it it becomes a difference maker. And I hope helps lead them, you know, to Christ and to the gospel and and all of that.
0: Well, yeah, well said. I think that what I'm so grateful for both of you is that normally when I end these podcasts, people might be listening being like, yeah, but I want more and both of you have more because both of you have books that are coming out. Uh, it'll be a couple of weeks, a few weeks. And like I said, follow the show notes uh, for information. So you have them, uh, when the books are available, but with the time we have remaining, uh, Yance, I'm going to start with you again. Um, you are someone who is making music, and uh, touring touring and in a non-COVID context. And where did this book idea come from? Uh, Who do you hope that your book's for? And also, what is your book called?
2: Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I have known for a long time that there is not much, practically read that as none, um, (laughs) uh, resources out there to equip children's ministry leaders on the idea of worship and what mm. that looks like in their ministries. Um, so this is not, this is not like a new problem that just entered. Like I've known this for years now that like, there's nothing that a leader can grab that has information about this subject of kids worship and nothing that they can hand over to a volunteer or a yeah. coordinator that's going to help them. And so uh, it's just one of those things like, Last summer, I, as I was living my life and walking things out, I knew that God was saying now's the time, like, mm-hmm. I'm ready for you to do this and I'm ready for you to speak into this. And so I, again, it was really just a step of obedience of like, okay, you know, cause, um, I can think of myself as, but I write songs, you know, or (laughs) I just sing songs and I lead songs, but you know, just sit down and like write a book and share all of my thoughts. So um, I'm so excited about it though. I believe that there is a a whole lot of practical wisdom. There are things that you're going to be able to read and instantly be able to put into practice in your ministry. But I know that both as a church leader and also just as a Christ follower yourself, that those who read this book are going to be challenged in their own personal expression of worship and just redefining for themselves, even how much their worship matters to God. Mm. I think often we just think of like, it's a nice thing that we should do. Yeah. And, I share through scriptures that like, this is God ordained. Like this is something you were made to do. You were created to do it. And so just helping leaders understand that for themselves, but as well as for all of those kids that they're leading ministry for. I'm really, really excited about it. It's called Sweet Sound, The Power of Discipling Kids in Worship. And uh, you'll be able to go to yanceyministries.com slash sweet sound and learn more about the book. And I'm so excited for you to read it because I know that it is going to transform the context of worship in the ministry you lead.
0: That's a pretty good plug. Um, Jim, you know, I probably should have started with you because <laughs> she raised the bar pretty much about your book, man.
1: Well, uh, you know, she must increase and I must decrease. <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's kind of fun, but, uh, yeah, I wrote a book 20 years ago. Um, called Children's Ministry Leadership, the You Can Do It Guide. It's pretty much been a textbook and things that mm-hmm. people have used. And during COVID, it came back to me. It's now officially out of print. And so I started just going to update that book. And as I started reading, I realized, man, I've learned so much in 20 years. And really, I'm not the guy who – I'm not the leader today today that I was that wrote that other book and I've learned a bunch of things and I don't even, some of that, I don't even think is relative anymore. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I actually rewrote the book and, uh, changed so much. We just changed the name and as well as the content and everything within it. And so, um, we're releasing a new book called authentic leadership at last and, uh, just really, um, you know, um, Leadership, we all are called to lead, heads lead, tails follow. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, really, leadership uh, in a church uh, concept looks really more like discipleship than anything else. And uh, just that availability. Um, You know, uh, people say, have you ever thought about quitting? Yeah, er in the early years, every Monday. Uh, (laughs) But yet, uh, here I am, almost 50 years later, still doing ministry and the thought of doing anything but ministry. uh, And uh, coming around this uh, new generation of leaders uh, just excites me. And So uh, authentic leadership that lasts, and uh, you can go to jimwatman.com as well as check the show notes and, uh, we're looking to do some things we've never done before as far as audio books and, uh, things with this. And so, uh, just really excited as I kind of, um, work on my legacy and, uh, uh, those things of, uh, just finishing strong. And, uh, yeah. uh so, I've got another one that I'm redoing and then uh, there's bits and pieces of four others that uh, hope to finish. And uh, that's what I was doing during COVID and uh, just working on books. And so, uh, so excited about that. Sometime
0: before your nineties, before you go part-time. That's Yeah. Yeah. I got to go
1: part-time three days in my nineties. Yeah. That makes sense. uh, Yeah. So that's incredible. Yeah. So it's good.
0: That's incredible. Well, let me just say, Uh, Thank you guys so much, uh, not only for your time, but for your ministries. I'm really grateful that there are people, uh, not only who can speak into this, but people like the two of you who can make this feel accessible. I hope that for folks who uh, are as tone deaf as me, but lead kids ministries, that they recognize the opportunity and power uh, in creating authentic experiences for this. And, uh, let's, you know, let's make sure that from the conversation on the forum to this podcast, that, uh, you who listen to this podcast, uh, feels well-supported every week, especially by ministries, uh, like both of yours. So thank you both for your time and, uh, thanks everybody for listening. The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed edited, produced, and hosted by Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.